Hey, it's Kathy with Rocky Retirement. And as promised, today's Friday, and so you'll be getting to listen to Henry Shapiro's Retired Excited. I know you're just going to love this as much as I do. And don't forget, you can still listen to Rock Your Retirement, where I'm the host, and those shows are released on Mondays. Welcome to the Retired Excited Podcast. Retired Excited, the show where we give retired and want-to-be-retired folk a look at how great retired life can be. Here we talk to men and women who are happily retired and loving their life. Together, we will delve into what retired happiness really looks like and how anyone can achieve it. Here is your host, Henry Shapiro. Hey folks, Henry here at Retired Excited, the show providing inspiration for people who are nearly retired, newly retired, or say they're never going to retire. Here we talk to retired people doing things that make them happy, things from stamp collecting to cruising, from dancing to touring the world on a motorbike. We talk to everyday retired people who are living the life they want, and we talk to a few professionals to get expert advice, and I chip in with some of my own experiences. Hi there folks, it's Henry here again with episode number 25 of Retired Excited. Lots of people have a passion in life, might have hobbies, various things that they're interested in, but not many people carry that passion for 50 and more years. David Mickle, he's not young, Uh, I reckon he's probably in his mid to late 80s, and for 50 years he's been pursuing his love of steam and steam engines. It all started when he was younger. He was a volunteer on the Puffing Billy. For those of you who don't know, Puffing Billy is a little train that runs up through the mountains in the Dandenong Ranges, and now it carries uh, tourists and kids on picnic trips. In the early days, it was purely a utilitarian train, and when the track was uh, damaged by a landslide, The railways decided no, they were no longer going to maintain it and volunteers took over the maintenance of the train and the tracks and David was one of those volunteers and that's where his love of steam commenced. So here we're going to learn about his life, his long life, his involvement with the Melbourne Steam Traction Engine Club. He was one uh, one of the first members there and you'll see on the website a certificate they gave him for 50 years of membership. You'll also see on the website some photos of some of the monster steam traction engines, steam rollers, tractors, and so on that members of the club own. Those engines, they hark back to a simpler time, I think. Well, at least that's the way we feel they do, to a simpler, slower way of life. And they've got a certain appeal, an appeal which goes beyond their utilitarian purpose and it seems to grab you right in the heart. I don't know whether it's the size, the noise, the the gush of steam coming out of them every now and then, or the smell of the coal as they're plodding along. Anyhow, Dave will tell us all about that, so let's listen to his story. So, good morning, David. How are you today? Uh, very good, yeah. Fantastic. Bright yeah. sunshine around. <laughs> That's good. David, the purpose of the show is to talk about what people are doing after retirement. Yeah. 
But can I just ask you, what were you doing before you retired? I uh, worked with an electrical company and uh, with an electrician, in other words, yeah. Yeah. As you were coming up to retirement, were you looking forward to it? Oh, yes, because of, of my hobby. Yeah. I uh, sort of would be able to put more time to it, yeah. 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 And when you actually retired, what happened? Did they? Did you get to be 65 or how did, how did that work? What? What I uh, probably retired when I was about uh, around 70. All right. Yeah. Did you choose the time when you retired or did they say, all right, now it's enough? No, or? well, I, I just said uh, I thought 70 was enough <laughs> and, and the, yes. my knees were starting to play up. Yeah, so you've got crook, crook knees now, haven't you? Yeah, that's Make, right. Makes it hard to work. So, all right, then you retired. Bef- when you retired... Well, just before you retired, what did you think you were going to be doing after you retired? What were you looking forward to? Well, completing, uh, uh, working on some of the uh, machines and ho- the hobby that I had. All right. Work on that, yeah. So, fantastic. Tell us tell us about the hobby. Well, I had uh, I, I, a bit of a, a Renault, early Renault car enthusiast. Yes. The, uh, the early ones like the R4s and, and the 1050 Beatles. Mm-hmm. and uh, those sort of things. So I had collected a few of those ready for to do up and uh, and drive around. Earlier on, I've been into the steam engines via uh, Puff and Billy as a volunteer there, the opening of the railway onto Jembrook and that sort of thing. All right. Just so, uh, the younger days. This, um, this podcast goes to lots of people all around the world can listen to this. So can you explain to them what Puffing Billy is? Uh Puppet Billy is a, a, a voluntary railway group society which operates a narrow gauge train from Belgrave to Jembrook. Mm-hmm. It was completed in, in sections with the help of uh, people from the railways, retired uh, foremen who used to help the volunteers uh, tell them what to do and yes. they did it. Right. And uh, we have sure this sort of section of the old railway track that went up in the, in the Dandong Ranges, yeah. And just to explain to folks, it's not a huge engine, is it? It's a, it's a fairly small engine, is it? No, they're small engines. They're, they're narrow-gauge engines. They're um, half the size of, a, of a, an ordinary steam engine. Right. And they run on a two-foot-six gauge, yeah. therefore, and they have narrow-gauge carriages, 30-foot long sort of thing, with the open sides. It's set up now as... As a tourist thing, isn't it? It's kids get on it and grown ups get on it and they go. Oh, yeah, grown ups get on it and everyone, families take trips. Yep. It runs all nowadays, it, it's, uh, it runs every day of the week now. Terrific. Certain times, yeah. How long is it, do you remember? I've been on it, it must take maybe I think it 20, would be 20 minutes, 30 minutes to go from one end to the other. Yeah, it'd take at least 30 minutes and yeah. possibly at least uh, 25 to 30 miles. Yeah, I know. Uh, I've taken my grandchildren on it, and they love it. They, kids are hanging out the side. And That's right, they hang out the side, <laughs> and uh, that sort of thing. Nice and, uh, sunny day, it's terrific. And so you were involved with Puffing Billy. What was your involvement? What did you do? I was just a volunteer labourer, right. uh, that sort of thing. But, of course, nowadays it's got very commercial now. Yeah. And as time went on, I ran out of time, and yeah. I started doing my own things, and, and they now operate as a... As sort of a voluntary business, right? Like most narrow gauge uh, societies in Europe and everywhere else. Okay, and you got 
involved and really interested that's in That's where I got steam. involved in steam trains and yeah. things because it's naturally steam. It's but, a steam locomotive, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, there's a couple of them, I think, or maybe more. They have uh, at least about four to five uh, local engines now that they've, yeah. they've restored, yeah. including a very big one, uh, which is called a Garrett-type. Okay. And I was, uh, when I was working, volunteering there, I was out on the track and we used to really sleep with the track yes. because it had been overgrown uh, because the line got closed down because of the landslide. And, of course, the railways uh, themselves didn't want to keep it running because it was not the right gauge and uh, a group of people formed a club and they went as volunteers to, to get it open again. So then from there you moved on and I've got and a then, picture in front of From there I moved on to, uh, through, a, I joined a uh, traction engine society that has steamrollers, traction engines and uh, portables and uh, I went uh, able to uh, get onto a uh, remains of a, a steam truck or wagon mm-hmm. and which over a period of time a friend of mine, we got it together and uh, built rebuilt it and got it on the on the road again. Where did you find it? I found it over in in South Australia in Adelaide, got direction. Right, but seeing somebody's was somebody selling it or was it? Yeah, uh, well, the, the person I'd known person for a while, and he he's going to restore it, but he was reasonably elderly, and his health wasn't any uh, getting worse. So I was the first offer to uh, have an opportunity to purchase it and bring it back to Victoria. All right. So can you tell us a little bit about it? What, what make is it? And uh... Uh, It's an English make, uh, made by the Yorkshire Steam Wagon Company. has a vertical, uh, horizontal boiler in the front. Uh, has Ackerman steering with a steering wheel, of course, and it has a gearbox, which is very unusual for steam wagons to have a gearbox. But it's the old type where you have to uh, stop to change gears. Oh, it's, okay. <laughs> there's nothing automatic about it. It's all manual. If you want to do it on the run, you have to judge the speed of the engine and, and move in the lever. All right. What, has, what year would this have been built? It's built in 1924, came out to Australia. I haven't been able to get too much history on it, but as far as I knew, it belonged to a uh, scrap dealer merchant who used to... Uh, Use it to cart, uh, pick up. Yeah, scrap yeah. metals and bits and pieces. What load would it carry, do you know? It's supposed to carry 10 tonne and weighs about eight, eight and a half tonne overall. Yeah. So if it, if it was in not in good condition, you had to restore it? Uh, yeah, well, it wasn't in working order. It had been let go. We had to rebuild the, uh, the tray on it, put a tray on it, and we had to do repairs to the... Uh, the chassis, which was bent because it was over, it had been overloaded, and, and we couldn't get the original tyres that had been lost, which would have been solid wheels. So we had to change it over to pneumatic tyres, and it has a three speed gearbox. I did a course to get a, uh, what do you call it, a, a license to operate it and uh, understand. Uh, Principles of the steam and and uh, and how the boiler works and how you fire it and all that. You were saying you need to have a course. You do a course. You do a course to get a, a license to drive it. And who who provides that course or who? That, that that course is provided by the technical schools 
which were the R- MIT in, in, in Melbourne. I went to RMIT. Yeah, everyone used to go there. <laughs> yes. Whether it be a, a, every apprentices, whether you were a plumber yeah. or whatever. It was the, uh, for folks who don't know, it used to be called the Royal Melbourne Institute of Technology. That's right. RMIT. Yeah. So within the club that you were part of now, yeah. what sort of vehicles have they got? What have the other people? Uh, the other members, I wish we have over 100 members. And it started off with about four members. It, it, the club formed because there was an advertisement in the, in the paper where a reporter had seen a bloke with a steam engine in his backyard and it started from that, that information that got into the paper. People rang up this person and we formed a group and we started off there yeah. and later on, it got that big that we uh, used to meet in people's homes. We uh, formed a group and had our own meeting hall and that sort of thing. And right. then later on, we got a a parcel of uh, land to uh, set up a, an active uh, working group. Just a couple of things about the hobby or activity itself. What is it about it that you like? Why do you like walking uh, around uh, with a steam engine? I think you must put it back. You've got to be interested in steam engines or trains where they were, which is a thing of the past nowadays they, they only operate now as tourist uh, trains now yeah and uh, why, why do you like it what, what is it about well it? the thing is that with the society the railway societies that are there about three of them mm-hmm. they do tours a weekend onto various lines that are not normally passenger services I see yeah. and they they hire the train and uh, advertise tours. Are you able to go on those yourself? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You like doing that? I have. Well, I like doing that, but yeah. uh, now I find I'm quite busy and, uh, and the lines are not so many available to go yeah. on because yeah. of the, uh, the change of the railway's operations. Within the club itself, what sort of people are in the club? Are they mostly...? Um, um, they are professional people as well uh, as uh, ordinary working people or families, even families come along and they have open days of a weekend yeah. where uh, they can come, uh, people can come in for rides. Uh, we've got a, a section who operate a, a, a model tri- uh, like a locomotive, now, a very small 10-inch gauge, and they take rides around the, around the uh, property there. What's the name of the club or the name of the group? Uh, Melbourne is called the Melbourne Steam Traction Engine Society. Melbourne Steam Traction Engine Society. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No doubt they've got a website. I'll look that up and see. Yes, they've definitely got a website. They now have just, uh, in the last uh, year or so, they uh, were donated a big drag line, a 110-ton drag line, Golly. which uh, now got working again. That was donated by the... Uh, SEC and Electricity Commission at Moore. It was okay. transported down here uh, and set up. And we've got uh, people who are mechanically minded and into diesel engines and that sort of thing. They got it going. And at rally times, uh, we move it around the, the yard. Now, I've been to one of these rallies, and the people there are pretty fanatical. You know, they, they are, like, yeah, <laughs> there are people there that. I might say go a bit overboard. Yes. But that's their hobby. It's just like yeah. a person who hits a, to me, hits a, golf, a ball, 
from one end of the paddock to the other to me, and then you got to go and catch it, follow it. <laughs> so to me, that's a bit, uh, un- a bit unusual. The rowing I was at, there were some amazing machines, and they looked very valuable. Uh, most of the machines, when they're completely restored, are very valuable, and they're in great demand by uh, people who find out that they're available for sale or whatever, but they are valuable. What, what sort of money would they be worth, do you know? Uh, they could be worth 50000 uh, to $100,000. But I think the people who are involved, they're not doing it for the money, they just enjoy No, they're not doing it for money, and, yeah. and very rarely do they sell them right. unless they're due to health problems yeah. where they can't manage them. Is it something you would uh, encourage people to get involved in? Well, if you, yes, I would. Even if you don't can't own one, there's still plenty of uh, things to do with them. The, the clubs are always after volunteer people to operate them yeah. or drive them, as you might say. Yes. So uh, if you're interested in mechanical things, it's certainly the club to join. And something I always ask people, maybe nothing to do with steam or whatever, for people who are going to retire, yeah. they're not quite retired, but they're going to retire, what advice would you give them? I think if you're going to retire, I think you you need to have some sort of hobby, whether it's, as I said before, tennis or golf or whatever, uh, or football even. Yeah. But uh, to me, some people, when they retire, reckon that's, that's the end of work. But to me, I think you've still got to keep working to keep uh, fixing your own uh, right, you know. Yeah, and when you say you've got to have a hobby, why do you need to have a hobby? For what purpose? Well, this is the carry-on from where you used to go to work for five days a week mm-hmm. as a regular thing. Well, most people, when they retire, they tend to uh, slow down and uh, and don't think of work anymore. But yeah. I think to keep your body active uh, and your mind active You've got to think of doing things. Else. That's, uh, that's fantastic advice. And thank you very much. Thank you for spending the time with me. I'm going to look up the, uh, the website to find the website for your club. Yeah. And uh, thank you very much, David. That's all right. Been a help. Well, David was being a little bit blasé about the truck, the steam truck, Yorkshire Steam Wagon, which he and his mate own. I know that he's very, very proud of it. He's put a lot of work into it, both he and his mate. And uh, you heard what they've done, everything from straightening the chassis to sourcing new wheels and tyres for the machine, and, of course, putting it back into running order. Now, this hobby is not all about engineering and heavy equipment. There's another side to uh, to this hobby as well, and that is proving out the provenance of the various bits of machinery that you own, whether they be steamrollers or tractors. The members are forever delving into the background of their machines. It's a bit like detective work. And if you can find that it was owned by a particular owner or someone in the public eye, then that makes your machine just that little bit more special. Along the way, David talks about the club having been given a drag line. And for those of you who don't know what a drag line is, it's a large excavator which is operated by a cable which is used in mining operations. And they're huge. As he said, this particular one is operated by a diesel engine and the members of the club have brought it back to life so that it actually works and they give demonstrations to the public of it. And the club also has a miniature railway, what we'd call a miniature railway, an operating 
small locomotive with carriages that kids can sit on and be taken for rides around on the property that they own. It's a fascinating hobby, really. It's a hobby that I can see you could very easily become enamoured of, uh, whether it be the the smell of the engine, the, the grease, the noise, whatever it is. And as he said, it can be a whole family thing. The families get down there and uh, everybody gets involved with the operation. If you're a train enthusiast or you're involved in any way with steam engines, I'd love you to leave a comment in the reply box at the bottom of the page. And tell us what you think about Dave and about this hobby in general. Love to hear from you. You can always contact me directly, henry at retiredexciter.com. So once again, that's it for today. Thank you for listening. I very much value your involvement here. So be happy, keep healthy, and I'll see you next week. I to get that a I'm in. That was terrific. That was interesting. What a good idea.